Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, updated, 10, 22 through 30. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, in regard to what he has given me, is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you on this day for the scripture. We thank you for being able to celebrate this service, O oh Lord, to your glory and to your honor. We thank you for your word, Lord, that we know speaks to us every day. We ask now that you will open our understanding, that you will give me your thoughts to be my own as I proclaim this word, and that it will teach us something new about what it means to follow Jesus. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus was no stranger to fielding questions. You know, before Google existed, there was Jesus, and everybody asked him everything. They asked him about faith. They asked him about life. People even came to him asking him to settle judicial matters between them and family members. People that were in trouble would come to Jesus and ask him to intervene so that they would have mercy and clemency in the Gospel of John, Jesus is asked a lot, a lot of questions. Because in the Gospel of John, we find that there are certain things that are being questioned all the time. And one of the primary ones that is being questioned is the identity of Jesus. Who is this Jesus? Where did he come from? Who sent him? Who is he representing out there? What is he about? So as you can imagine, Jesus was often asked the question, who gave you permission to do what you're doing? Who gave you authority? Who gave you the power to perform these miracles, these signs, and these wonders? Who do you represent? The questions revealed two separate concerns by those who were around him. Two concerns that were related but stood apart from each other. The first one was that people really wanted to know who sent them. You know, somebody sent you. You know, sometimes my children will come to me and say, we want to eat Chinese today. And I immediately know who sent them. Instantly know who sent them. Because the message they're bringing comes directly from the heart of their mother. <laughs> so it doesn't take a scientist to know mom had a little bit of an influence in what they were sharing with me. 
At the core of this first part of the question, people wanted to know who sent you, Jesus, who gave you this power, and who are you representing? What is this Genesis quo that you have that makes you different from all of these other teachers? And what is it that you're coming to share? The second part of the question was, exactly who are you? People knew that he was the son of a carpenter from Nazareth. People that had done their homework had found his family and knew who his family was. But who is the real Jesus? Who is he? Because sons of carpenters normally don't open the eyes of blind men. Sons of carpenters don't heal leprosy. Sons of carpenters don't walk on water. All of these signs and these wonders pointed to the fact that Jesus was more than just his family relations would say. So these kind of questions were being asked all the time of Jesus. In the scripture we have read today, it was the festival of dedication in Jerusalem, and Jesus is walking around the temple area. And the scripture says he arrived at the Solomon portico. And this location was very significant because kings and, and rulers in Israel would come to that portico to make judgments and decrees for the people. It was a place where people came to ask for justice at times. So much so that the, it was called the porch of judgment. Did you know that? The porch of judgment. Because people came there to get things decided. It is interesting that in the place where you seek judgment, Jesus is being asked the question, are you the Messiah? Don't keep us in suspense. Don't drag us on. Don't beat around the bush. Tell us, are you the Messiah? Well, Jesus looked at them and said, I told you so, but you don't believe me. You don't trust my words. You don't believe me. These are people that have been following Jesus' ministry. These are people that have heard of the miracles. These are people that have seen the signs and the wonders, and yet they couldn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Why? Because he had some radical teachings Turn the other cheek. Bless your neighbors, your, your enemies, and don't curse them. Bless those who curse you. Pray for your enemies. All of these things that, that he said that just didn't make sense to the people. You know, if somebody asks your coat, give it to them. And don't withhold anything from them. These teachings were hard to understand. And so Jesus was, was something that they could not accept because he did not fit the mold of what they expected the Messiah to be. People often fell in one of two camps. They either believed fully that Jesus was the Messiah or they had so many doubts they couldn't bring themselves to believe. And you can imagine that that second group was the largest. They had so many questions. 
But Jesus said, you know, I've done the signs. I've done the wonders. The things that I have done in my Father's name should show you that I really am the Messiah. But people could not bring themselves to believe it. Earlier in the Gospel of John, and earlier in the chapter, Jesus had healed that blind man we were sp speaking about. And when the man was healed, what did people do? They began to hound the man with questions. Who healed you? Who is this man? Where did he come from? It wasn't a celebration of his healing. It wasn't a, a proclaiming of the goodness of God. It was, how did this happen? And who did it? And why? They questioned everything. The poor man who had been healed, even his family was brought in for questioning because people had so many questions. Doubt always seems to creep in when we are being invited to faith. Have you noticed how that works? Whenever we're invited to faith, doubt always seems to step in and try to make us question everything. For example, the phrase, we believe that God won't give us more than we can handle. Yet when we get a lot to handle, we say, God, you have a little bit too much faith in me. I don't know that I can do this. We question, we begin to ask ourselves, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I don't know if I have enough faith. I don't know if I can this and I can that. And we forget that whenever God says that we can do all things in Christ who strengthens us, it's not through our own strength, but through God's ability that we are able to make it through. We don't always know the why of things, why things happen. And we often have more questions than answers. But we know who has promised to be with us throughout everything that we will face. And that is Jesus. The people listening to him that day did not believe, did not accept he was the Messiah. And Jesus has an explanation for that. He says, you don't believe that I am the Messiah because you are not part of my sheep. You see, my sheep, they know my voice. They recognize me by my voice. Earlier in the chapter, he had told them that he was the good shepherd, that he was the gate through which everyone comes in to the Father. He had told them that his sheep know him, and he knows them. And you know, if you've never been on a farm with somebody who had cattle and had a long-standing relationship with that cattle, you wouldn't be able to understand this. But when I lived in Covington, we had a man in the church that raised cows. And I was visiting with him at his farm one day, and he walked up to the gate and he said, watch this. And he yelled out, Bessie! And this cow came from all the other side of the, of the property, just running towards where he was. And then he got us on the tractor, and he rode to the other side of the property. He said, watch this. 
Bessie! And here came Bessie running all across the field. That cow knew its name and it knew the farmer's voice. It knew it so well that every time he called, she would come. It didn't matter that he was on the opposite side of the property. It didn't matter that she had to make her way all the way across. She came every time. You see, there was a relationship that had been built over time. That cow had gotten used to that voice. That cow knew that voice as the voice who provided for her sustenance. That cow knew that that voice was the one that made sure that if there was a storm, she was safe. And that voice was reassuring. So every time, every time she heard that voice, she was going to come running. This reminded me of what I was telling the children that we learn our mother's voices when they're still, we're still in the womb. You know, there's a reason that daddies try to talk to the bellies. We want to get in there on that. We want to make sure that our voice is recognized too when they come out. But they're hearing the mother's voice for nine months and they don't miss a single conversation that you're having. And when they come out and you're holding that newborn baby and you speak as the mother, that baby gazes right into your eyes. Why? Because they know that voice. That is the voice that's familiar to them. Jesus was saying, that's the kind of relationship I want to have with you. I want to have a relationship where you know my voice, where when I call you answer, where when I lead you follow, when, when I tell you something, you pay attention to what I'm saying. I want to have that kind of relationship that you're able to tell my voice from all of the other voices that you will hear. You know, when your mother calls out your full name, you run. You, 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 you run because you know you're in trouble. You know it. Nobody has to tell you anything else. When they say your full name, nobody says your full name and you're not in trouble unless you're graduating or something. You're in trouble. And when you hear that, you come. You see, the voice of our mothers affirms our identity as their children. It reminds us that this is a person that loves us but also wants the best for us. And at times that means discipline, at times that means correction, but at all times it should mean love. Jesus was saying that this kind of relationship is what he wants with his people and that his voice should be so familiar to us that we should be able to tell it apart from others. The people that were there that day, the Jews that were around them asking these questions, could not recognize his voice because they were not part of his sheep. We've been studying Psalm 23 on Wednesday nights. One of the things that uh, hit us this week was that he leads us besides still waters and he restores our soul. 
The good shepherd wants to have a relationship, but it's a relationship with a purpose. It's a relationship to bring new life into our life, to bring abundant life that doesn't depend on material things, but that depends on living a full life with God. But in order for that to happen, we have to get to know the good shepherd. We have to listen to the voice. We have to pay attention to what he says. We have to learn to trust that voice, knowing that Jesus has promised us good things. He has promised us eternal life to lead us to greener pastures to restore our souls. You know, as children, we learn to trust the voice of our mothers. The first time they said, don't stick your finger in the electric socket, we went, why? The first time they said, don't touch that, it's hot, we said, why? But after a few experiments of our own, we decided mom knew best, didn't we? We learned that they could be trusted because they were giving us advice that was good. We learned over time that they want good things for us. But it doesn't stop us from asking a million why questions, does it? And as we get older, we start thinking we know better than mom. We start thinking that Google knows more than mom. One of the things that parents have experienced nowadays is that we get Googled. Whenever we answer something, kids look it up on Google to see if you're right. It's true. But you know, when your mother tells you something and you learn to trust your mother's voice and you learn to trust your mother's advice, then you get to experience the blessing that comes from living a better life, a more righteous life. But that trust comes through experience and relationship. The first time that my mom told me we were going to Disney World, I didn't believe her. She told me about it. But she had to bring out some tickets and show me back when tickets were a thing. And then I knew that we were really going because if you got a ticket, you're going, right? Jesus had told those people that were there and that portico, I have shown you the evidence. I've shown you the tickets. I've shown you the miracles. I've shown you the healings. I've shown you the signs and the wonders. And yet you still cannot believe that I am the Messiah. How much more proof do you need to believe? In many ways, I think Jesus had been asked so many times to prove who he was that he was just kind of fed up with it, you know? It's like, what more do I need to do to show you that I really am the Messiah? Even though he had provided numerous proof, miracles, signs, and wonders, their doubt continued to haunt them. But isn't that something that happens to us all the time? That any time we're invited to faith, that we're invited to follow Jesus, that we're invited to live righteous lives, that we're invited to new life in Christ, doubt always tries to creep in and to steal our blessing. Today, I'm inviting you to know the voice of Jesus, to respond to that voice in faith, to cast out those doubts and those fears. It's all right to have questions. It's all right to ask those questions. 
But at the end of the day, we need to put our trust and our faith in the one who gave his life for us on the cross to forgive our sins. At the end of the scripture, Jesus tells his audience, look, if you're one of my sheep, no one can snatch you away from my father's hands. And I don't know about you, but that is one of the most reassuring things that I have ever heard. That we can, we can turn away from God and we can walk away, but no one can snatch us and take us from God. And if we rest in him and we continue to put our faith in him, the enemy has no power over us. Then he told them, me and the Father are in agreement. We are one. And I think this is important because when he says that he is one with the Father, he was saying, we are in agreement that we want you as a sheep. We are in agreement that we want you to be in relationship with us. We are in agreement that we want to lead you to that promised land, lead you to that eternal life. We are in agreement that we want you. And you know, that's good news for us. God wants to be in relationship with us. Growing up, my mom had many difficult situations physically. She had an accident when she was pregnant with my sister and fell and hurt her back. And she was unable to work for the rest of her life. She was pensioned from there. But what I remember about my mom is that even though she had these physical limitations and she had this injury and this really was a drag on her, she was a superhero in my book. Because she always acted like she could still do anything because she had Christ who strengthened her. She still helped me believe that I could do anything if I was in Christ and I was walking in his will. And it helped me have faith in what God could do in me, through me, and for me throughout my life. You know, one of the greatest gifts I think mothers can give their children is to have faith in them so that they will have faith in themselves. Children need that. They need to know that we believe that they can make it, that they can do the right things, that they can make the right choices. I always knew my mom was in my corner. And even today, I know that in my corner, there's at least two people, my wife and my mom. But you know what? Jesus is not in the corner because Jesus is in the middle of the ring with me, helping me to fight the good fight, helping me to continue the race until the finish, helping me to persevere in the faith, calling out my name and inspiring me to have faith every single day that he is still leading me to still waters. Today, I hope, 
I hope you belong to the good shepherd. I hope you're one of the sheep. I hope you know his voice. I hope that when he calls out your name, you know it's him. And I pray that no matter what you're going through in life, you will know that he's with you in the middle of the ring. That he's always fighting with you and for you. And that he's going to be there till the end. You know, our mothers love us with an incredible love. There's a special bond because they carried us for nine months. And there's, there's all kinds of bonds between mothers and their children. But imagine what incredible love God has who created us, who knew us from the beginning of time, even before we were formed in our mother's womb, and who continues even to this day, to love us and to invite us into new life. I pray that you know that great love and that you live in it every day. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you, O Lord, for speaking your words of truth to us every day, for helping us to know your voice from all the other voices that would try to distract us. For helping us, O Lord, to know what it is that you want in our lives every single day. Help us, O Lord, to know your will every single moment. Help us to continue to be in relationship with you so that we might experience that abundant life that you have prepared for us. We ask you, O Lord, that as we continue to be your sheep, as we follow your lead, we will help others to know you as well. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.